Hey, here on Money Talk, it's time to say konnichiwa to William Pesek, our Tokyo-based author and journalist, and our man who's going to give us the view from Japan. Good morning, uh, William. Good morning, sir. So uh, what is the latest? Um, you know, I definitely took note of the Korean president's visit to Japan. Uh, I think it was the first in what, more than a decade. What, what are you taking away from this? So first of all, tell us what happened and then tell us what you're taking away from it. Well, I mean, first of all, it's great to see, right? I mean, any effort by the leaders of Japan and South Korea to join hands and focus on trade issues, on financial issues, focus on anything that they can uh, do at the moment to stabilize relations, but also to cooperate, economically speaking, uh, is a wonderful thing. Um, and I, but I think this is more about China than about uh, South Korea and Japan. I think this is more about, you know, these two democracies in North Asia looking at events in China, looking at Xi Jinping's, uh, I would argue, botched, uh, <laughs> botched geopolitical diplomacy and realizing that uh, there's no better time for the two of us to get together. I would feel a lot better about it, frankly, if Prime Minister Kushida and President Yoon were more popular leaders. I would feel better about it if they both had popular mandates and a lot of political capital to spend at this point. I mean, is this the desperate uh, attempt by, by two unpopular leaders to generate some headlines and get a win here and there, that I'm not quite sure about. But, you know, the top line issue is it's good to see. And I hope I'm wrong about this in terms of my skepticism. Like I, I, I kind of, you know, I've, I think most listeners are aware of the uh, historical grievances that Korea has against Japan. But you're in Japan. What's the mood there? I mean, Macron right now is, is forcing through pension legislation, which is unpopular, but kind of has to be done. Uh, but in Japan, I mean, is this a win for Kushida? Is this, is this popular with the Japanese? Are they like not as aggravated towards the Koreans as, as the reverse? Are they looking at this and saying, oh, yeah, this, this is a good thing, nice for him to come over and we should all do more together, um, maybe with the context of, you know, having some solidarity uh, in the face of an aggressive China? Is it popular? is it's not getting as much attention here as it is in South Korea. I mean, the mm. media here is certainly reporting on it, but it isn't as if it's getting a great deal of attention. And I think the reason for that is because South Korea is doing all the work, right? I mean, President Yoon is the one who made the phone call, who flew to Japan, who set this framework in motion. And the South Koreans are doing all the work, right? I mean, basically, the South Koreans are looking to use state funds to basically pay reparations that Japanese companies, according to the Korean uh, Supreme Court, are supposed to be paying. So if you're, you know, Prime Minister Kishida, it's really a, a low-risk phone call for you to take. You know, basically take the win, look yeah. as if you're mending fences in the region without spending a lot of political capital. The real risk is for President Yoon. I mean, again, he's been pretty unpopular. He's been struggling to keep his approval ratings out of the 30s. And now he has to return home and explain to the Korean people why this is not a capitulation. The, uh, you know, the opposition party is already talking about this as humiliation and that sort of thing. So, you know, for Kishida, it, it's all good at this point. The Japanese aren't paying a lot of attention because Japan is not putting much on the line. Korea is. Hmm. I mean, uh, I guess Yun's painting, a, you know, kind of putting a friendly face on, hey, we went, we went for noodles. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, and some karaoke, right? So and, and some karaoke. Sure. So, I mean, okay. So, so you know, probably not coincidentally, uh, news kind of popped up, although it feels a little rehashed about a Canadian proposal to create a new gang of four with uh, Japan and Korea. Uh, and this is why I'm thinking maybe they, they chose to drop it at this time. Uh, Japan, Korea, U.S. and uh, Japan, Korea, Canada, U.S. Uh, maybe in the face of the you know the original quad, which was uh, India, Australia, 
Japan and the U.S. I mean, is that going to get any play in Japan? It is getting some play here, I think, because, you know, basically Prime Minister Kishida traveled to India this week, and, you know, that's fine. But I think basically here in Japan, in South Korea, uh, certainly in Canada, they're looking at the fact that Xi Jinping's in Russia. Mm-hmm. And this is coming after a National People's Congress in Beijing, which struck a lot of folks in Asia as a bit out of sync with the times. Um, it was basically the Communist Party empire striking back on the private sector at a moment when China should be doing the opposite. And here you have President Xi traveling to Russia to say to Vladimir Putin, who is actively turning his own economy into North Korea, China has your back. And so, you know, for the democracies of Asia, any outreach from the U.S. or from China is a step in the right direction. And it is getting... Uh, it's getting a bit of attention here because I think that Japan in many ways feels as if uh, this is a time when we have to stick together with friends and, and like-minded democracies and economies at a time when China is spreading, uh, basically, you know, rising in dominance, if you will. Hmm. So uh, turning turning our eye on the domestic economy, uh, you know, Japanese are kind of getting used to the idea of inflation, which they uh, didn't have any of for a very, very long time. What is the Japanese government doing about that? I mean, uh, where, and, where, and where is inflation starting to bite? Well, you know, in many ways, it's funny to say that, the, you know, the BOJ has been trying to create inflation for 20 years, and it wasn't the BOJ that succeeded. It was Vladimir Putin. It was his war in mm. Ukraine that basically has Japan importing the most inflation in 40 years. And the problem at the moment is Japanese workers are finally, finally, finally getting a raise this year, uh, thanks to negotiations with labor unions. But that raise will be inflationary unless the government matches it with productivity gains or efficiency increases. And the, the government is pretty dysfunctional at this point. So there's not, there's not a lot going on there. So for the Bank of Japan, you can argue, well, it's nice to see that the salary man is finally, finally, finally getting a raise. But uh, this is not the moment to be adding wage, you know, upward, upward wage pressures into the economy at a moment when inflation is a 40-year high. So you have a new BOJ governor taking over next month, Governor Ueda, um, talk about the the worst job in global central banking at this point. Mm, no, and, and I mean, so so he's going to control monetary policy, but on the on the fiscal front, the uh, Jas- Japanese government uh, said they're going to help with that that imported uh, inflation uh, by helping poor Japanese out with their with their gas bills. I mean, it's, you know, it's certainly a step in the right direction. I mean, Japan needs to be doing more to help struggling families, and there are more struggling families in this country than you know folks outside would would get the impression of from the media. And Japan was pretty slow to help out households during the COVID era. The U.S. was a lot quicker, for example, to cut checks to families than Japan was. And so anything Japan can do to ameliorate the effects of inflation is a step in the right direction. But again, the government needs to be reforming in ways to increase productivity, increase efficiency, and we're not seeing a lot of that. So this is a nice gimmick. It creates some headlines. It will help some families, but it's not a it's not a cure-all by any sense. Gotcha. Well, $15 billion, I guess I guess somebody's going to get a couple of bucks. We, we do have to ask about the big story of the day, uh, the impact of all the, you know, the Credit Suisse deal and other, other banking wobbles uh, and failures around the world. Where is that, is that? Is that having a landing in Japan? Are people worried their banks might be exposed? Yeah, I mean, you look at the three big banks here, um, there certainly are some big losses that are being uh, worried about. I mean, one of the problems is that Japan's banking model in the last 20 years has been about hoarding bonds, not making loans. And, you know, that's fine when the global bond market is relatively stable. But in the last two weeks or so, um, 
when you know, folks are suddenly Googling Silicon Valley Bank, <laughs> Googling Signature Bank, and Credit Suisse is collapsing as well. It you know, sort of had this bailout this week. But you know, Japanese banks realize that they're more exposed than, say, Chinese banks at the moment. And it is quite a wake-up call. And again, it's one of those challenges that the new Bank of Japan governor will have to deal with very quickly out of the gate. It suggests at the very least that anyone who thought that the Bank of Japan would be tapering this year or even raising interest rates once this year has uh, got to reconsider that view. Hmm, okay. Uh, and very quickly, we've got 30 seconds. Uh, are Japanese starting to figure out their money could be doing more for them overseas with their higher interest rates? Well, you know, yes and no, because a lot of these Japanese banks have been hoarding overseas bonds in recent years, U.S. Treasuries included, and that suddenly is backfiring on them. So in many ways, there might be this move to repatriate funds back into Japanese government bonds, which would put upward pressure on the yen in the weeks ahead. So a lot of moving parts here. It'll be fascinating. All right. We'll keep an eye on that. And we'll have definitely have you back. Tokyo-based author uh, and journalist William Pesek has joined us today Thanks, on sir. Money Talk. Thanks, William. And-